Welcome into your brand new betting preview for this week's Hero World Challenge. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, hello, good day, sir. Hey, how's it going, man? Um, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, this event was one that, honestly, over the weekend, I was like not really super keen on, but it's kind of grown on me over the past couple of days where I'm fairly excited, and I say that with probably the most interesting player in the field withdrawing unfortunately yeah i i was looking through the tea time so obviously it's only 20 golfers tiger is no longer playing he's been replaced by sep straka which is like just the worst trade ever but i was looking through some of the tea times um colin morikawa and victor hovland uh cam young and tom kim couple up and comers right there uh finau and homa two most likable guys on the pga tour i haven't even gotten into rom and xander playing together i mean just like there is a lot of star power here yeah, and I get it too, by the way. I mean, I think from what I've heard, this is one of the most social events on the calendar. This is uh, an opportunity for a lot of these guys to uh, have kind of their last dinners together and stuff and, and you know, their last last effort before they put the clubs away probably for a couple weeks in December before gearing up again in January. That presents like an interesting betting predicament, I think right. a little bit because it's hard to really tell what motivations are. You know, I put in as a tidbit in my article that is live on Rick Run Good. Like I was told from a couple people that there were some boozy dinners involved after a slow round one, you know? So I think like once you can get the motivation sorted out, I still think this is going to be a really fun and watchable event. The other place that you hear that is Napa where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, the family's there and they were drinking wine until, you know, 2.30 a.m. before their 6.30 tea time. Like, you also hear stories from there. So there are a couple of spots that are, uh, yeah, similar to that style of golf. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think it totally takes away from the event. I mean, we might as well just dive right into the golf course. I think this is a fun golf course when the wind gets going. And I immediately remembered watching last year, there were like multiple ejections. Like Sam Burns yeah. took like five times to get up and down on 14, which is kind of a ridiculous hole in the wind. Uh, Colin Morikawa free fall down the leaderboard after looking like he was in control for the entirety of the tournament. So I hope we get some pockets of wind because it's another one of those courses. The Bermuda course falls in line with this as well, where expect really low scores if there's no wind, but if the wind gets going, Expect a little carnage. This was supposed to be Colin Morikawa's ascension to the number one player in the world, where I think he had a six-shot lead going into Sunday. Is that right? I'm right. remembering this right. correctly. Rick, uh, we did a Twitter space on this. Yep, we did a right. Twitter space midway through the tournament where we both like anointed Colin as the best player in the world. Yeah, never never got to number one after that. Uh, also, Sam Burns, right, had it, had this thing in his back pocket and kind of gives it up late. And the man holding the Tiger trophy at the end is is Victor Hovland. So, yeah, you can get um, some kind of awkward scenarios. And then if the wind kicks, it gets even it gets even more difficult. But, yeah, there's there's low key been at least last year, like was was quite competitive and compelling. Yeah. So do you think for strategy wise this week you are in the camp of I'm going to bet one of the big guys at the top single bullet, or I'm going to take a chance on like a Cameron young, Tom Kim combo. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think I will end up betting 
um, like two guys that are not in the top five of the odds board. Yeah. I, I was thinking that too. And I, I say this, I, I made Rom's pricing coming into this event as like plus 400. So he actually does come in at a bettable number, but my numbers also suggest that Rom is like the best course yeah. fit here miles ahead of anyone else. And, you know, he's number one in my model often. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to stomp on everyone's faces, but yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. Like I, I think some of these guys, um, once you get into 16, 17, 18 to one, I think that's probably where I would start and just pick one or two of those guys. Uh, but if I was, if I was picking one guy at the top between Rom Scheffler and Finau, and Xander, I guess it would be Rom. Yeah, he's been magnificent. Obviously, two wins in his last, I think, three starts, four, three top tens in his last four. Those are worldwide. Uh, we're looking at the odds checker grid right now, so you can compare the odds across the industry. Uh, Andy had John Rom at plus four hundred coming in, but he's a consensus plus five hundred across the board. Scotty Scheffler eight to one next, with Tony Finau at nine to one. Those are the three golfers sub ten to one, and then you get into the Xander JT conversation, the no cut kings. So <laughs> it's. It's it's a fascinating top end of the board. Uh, Rom has fixed the short game issues. He's been riding a scorching hot putter. And oh, by the way, he's the best driver of the golf ball on the planet. So it's really him and Finau as I think very clearly like the two hottest guys coming in. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do is like get comparable courses and you want to talk about another longer Island course that is affected by wind and the basic main game plan is you just have to keep the ball and play off the tee. How about winning at Vedanta Vallarta, right? I know that was a weaker field than this one, but he still went out and took, took, took care of the job. By the way, Finau finished second that week as well. So that's yeah. another good note for Finau. And then Conqueree was another course that I looked at in terms of a Bermuda course from head to toe where there's no rough, but in the exchange of rough is a lot of Sandy waste areas. Albany fits that bill well, and both courses have like these really tough green complexes, to be honest, with a lot of collection areas. What do you know? Rom close to the top of the leaderboard at that one as well. Uh, last 24 rounds for everybody in the field. John Rom a staggering 3.04 strokes gained per round. That's bonkers. Uh, Tony yeah. Finau, not far behind, 2.85. Xander Shoffley, the only other golfer above 1.8. He's at 2.08. So those are kind of the big three leading into this, and it's mostly being reflected in the odds. Uh, quickly on Scotty Scheffler here, because he's kind of the, the man in the middle. Eight to one. Um Scotty has struggled with the flat stick. That's been that's been very clear. But from T to green, he's phenomenal. Are we just playing the waiting game of of whether he's going to putt well or not? I'm not worried about Scheffler long term one bit. I mean, he finished T three and T nine in his last two events, and I it, you know it feels like people are treating like this is some massive regression for him. He's still doing all of the things that he did well when he was the best player in the world, except putting, which is, in my opinion, the easiest thing to turn around. So I don't think this is the week for Scheffler, but I'm not concerned about him long-term, and I'll probably be looking right as his, in his direction the second we get to Kapalua. Last 36 rounds from T to green, Scotty Scheffler and Tony Finau are basically tied. 1.95 for Finau, 1.93 for Scheffler. The big difference here, Andy, is the putter. That's where Tony gets him for like 
a shot and a tenth per round. So yeah, it's 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 right on the verge for Scotty. It's one it's one thing if he fixes it like he was putting for the first half of the year. I mean, and even without it, he's been he's been in contention constantly. Yeah, and this isn't you know. If we were traveling to a U.S. Open this week, I would say, you know what, take a chance on him. The tee to green's been so good, but you're gonna have to make some putts this tournament. I mean, the mm-hmm. the winning score has been 18 under or even lower every single time that this tournament has been hosted at Albany. So, you know, I don't, I'm not there totally yet because um, I don't think the course fit is, is as strong as it could be to justify those odds. Um, but I believe that he will totally turn it around. He's not going to win four times in a major like he did last year, but I, I, if he wins once or twice and continues to hit the ball this way, I think he's fine. Uh, the middle of the board. So this is again, you know, JT at 12 Fitzpatrick at 14, Sung Jay and Victor at 16 and Colin Morikawa at 18 to one. Those are the guys, uh, sub 20 to one. I, I stare a lot at Matt Fitzpatrick, Andy, and, yeah. and there's kind of, there's a couple of things. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's, he's, he's got no flaws in his game anymore, but what I find interesting is the amount of golf played by some of these guys since the tour championship. You'll have some guys, I think Xander's played what the president's cup and Bezozo, and that, that's it. And then you get Matt Fitzpatrick, who's teeing it up for like the seventh or eighth time since the tour championship. Now, all of that or nearly all of that is on is on the DP World Tour. But uh, I mean, he's playing a lot of golf. Do we like that or would we prefer a little a little less golf being played? I, I like that, I would say. And, and that's an interesting juxtaposition with the player that I was going to throw out who just got married and probably yeah. hasn't been playing as much <laughs> golf as uh, you would like to see. But no, Fitzpatrick is another guy that, you know, he's been great at Congaree, right? He has, he has shown time and time again that he shows up at these Bermuda courses. And even if they're a little bit longer, no problems for him at all. Um, for me, it's between Fitz and Colin. I think, uh, I think there will be a little bit of a vengeance from last year from Colin. I do think sometimes these guys get married and it, it frees them up a little bit with good vibes. I don't really buy totally into like the super unquantifiable stuff. I just think it's a good course fit and he's due, right? I, I just think that he was a player that really underperformed last year based on what we thought. And I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. I want to ask you, like, what do you, the other guy in that range that I was thinking about is, is, do you think Hovland can go back to back? He's certainly done it before. Yeah. So what I think is interesting is, um, you know, those concerns around the green or the concerns in the short game in general, like he's been much, much better statistically in those areas. I do worry that we're not getting, kind of the elite ball striking version of Victor. Uh, but it's kind of similar to Colin Morikawa, right? Like if he just snaps back to his 100 round baseline and he's been playing a lot, he's been putting up good results, a T5 at the Zozo, a T10 in his title defense at Mayakoba. Like I, I absolutely see the path to victory. I'm not as hot as it, as I was, you know, when he was going through this stretch here, like going into Bay Hill and was just gaining nine strokes, ball striking every single week. But there's, there's definitely a clear path for Victor. Do you think this is just kind of viewing this at a macro level? Do you think this is a good course fit? Like he won last year, but 
you know, when the best players play well, they're going to win no matter where they play. Um, I worry a little bit about the chipping around the greens, right? I think this is a course that you have to, you have to be able to get up and down. I mean, we saw Sam Burns, short game, kick him out of the tournament last year and Hovland. I went back and watched some highlights looked pretty strong in that area. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if like last year was just yeah. him having all of his best tools come together on one week or like, this is a spot that we should always be looking at Victor. Yeah, I, I think we're going to learn a lot this time around because you're right. I think on paper, it's not a particularly great spot for him. I think the unquantifiable stuff works well, too, because uh, you mentioned it. Some of these guys might be on vacation. Some of these guys might be just putting a cap around the year. Some might be there because Tiger invited him. Like, Victor's here to win. Like, he doesn't show up at a place to not win. He, and He's, he's not, not like, going to the Justin Thomas Spieth boozy dinner. No. No, no he's not. I agree with you. Or yeah. if he does, he's not drinking. Like I've seen him do that right. on nights before. Like, like right. we went to dinner with him before and it like, he just doesn't drink. Like he's not going to do it. So it's, it's, it's business as usual here. I think for him, the last thing I'll throw out with these guys at the midterm, another, uh, um, another course that I looked at pretty closely was the concession. You want to talk yeah. about a course where it's Bermuda from head to toe with really undulating, uh, Green complex is at where you you know you have to get up and down and keep the ball and play off the tee. First in that event was Colin Morikawa. Second was Victor Hovland. So the bottom of this board uh, worth any stabs? Sam Burns, Tommy Fleetwood, Tom Kim, all twenty to one. Jordan Spieth. 5-0 at the President's Cup, 22-1. to 1. Uh, Shane Lowry, 25. There are some places he is short as, as 16, as long as 25, so shop it if you can. Uh, Homa's here, Billy Horschel, Corey Connors, Kevin Kidd. Kevin Kidd's 80-1 to 1 in a 20-person uh, field. What, is, what, is, what does Vegas have to – what does Vegas think of that? <laughs> I get it. I don't know how they make their odds, but when I ran my numbers, it was like, oh, man, this is a giant black mark for this guy. He is yeah. – his course history at some of the places that I was looking at is no bueno. Um, the name – so Tom Kim is the guy that seems to be getting – all of the traction here, right? I think Tom Kim, just from scrolling through Twitter, it seems like a ton of people are on Tom at 20 to one. Um, are you seeing it with him? Cause I went through the course fit and I totally understand betting a number regardless of course fit, but I mean, the guy's never won on a course longer than 7,100 yards. And it's not like he's some short game wizard too. He's a good long iron player. I don't think he can't compete at longer courses but he's not a morikawa yeah. long iron player so i don't know if i i see it as much as some other people do but maybe i'm missing something no, i think i think i'm just i'm very bullish on tom kim moving forward but you're you're right this is not Summerlin. this is not sedgefield right yeah. I and mean, they added another like 100 yards to it from from last year at least on the scorecard we'll see how it plays day to day but um i think this is a more narrow path for him to win here than at some of these other places that he's going to go to i think the next 12 months for tom kim is going to be very exciting i'm just lukewarm here i'm not i'm not sprinting to the window i have not bet tom kim i probably won't bet tom kim like what do you think's more disrespectful rick a 20 to 1 on sam burns or a 20 to 1 on tom kim 
Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I, I am a, I'm a big believer in Sam Burns as like the modern golfer, which is being longer yeah. than longer than Tom Kim. He's coming off of, um, literally his worst putting performance ever. Only 31 holes in Houston. He lost like six strokes with the flat stick. He's usually great on Bermuda. I am ready for the snapback, like bounce back Sam Burns week. Oh, totally. Me too. To be honest with you, like when I was doing the, um, like my big board for the major draft, by the way, go check that out on, <laughs> on the inside golf podcast feed. Um, I didn't have those guys in like the same tier. And right. I've been thinking a lot about this too, because I'm going to, I'm going to write a bunch of articles on like breaking down my big board ahead of the fantasy golf season. Um, and I don't, I, I think Burns is like a much better player than Tom Kim. I have them like a fair amount apart in my, rankings but you know i also have sahith over tom kim so maybe i'm just a little <laughs> bit lower on tom kim than consensus um but yeah i think if i was betting anyone in the 20 to range i would probably start with sam burns honestly yeah probably should have won here last year if you like the congaree crossover finish t7 there putted lights out nine strokes putting and then obviously gave most of that back in 31 holes in houston um so if i turn our attention to the matchup marketplace. Uh, Bet365 has Burns against Fitzpatrick. They have Sungjae, who we haven't talked about, against Victor Hovland. We haven't talked about Tommy Fleetwood. He's been phenomenal against Tom Kim or Cam Young versus Colin Morikawa. No no um, Kevin Kisner to pick on here, <laughs> but is there is there one of... I, I see one that stands out to me. Is there one that stands out to you? Yeah, there are a few. I mean, I like Rom over Scheffler, to be yeah. honest. what yeah. What is the price on that? Rom's minus 138 to Scheffler's plus 115. Okay, that's a fair amount of juice. But yeah, the ones that stick out to me right off the top, Rom over Scheffler, Morikawa over Cam Young. And part of me wants to take Tommy over Tom Kim, <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'm biased in that scenario. How about Lowry and Spieth? Um, yeah. I, I, think yep. Spieth, I think Spieth could win or finish dead last, which he has done both at this event. Right. And Lowry, I mean, if you're not paying attention to what some of these guys have done after the tour championship, uh, Lowry got a win, right? Lowry won the BMW PGA championship. He's been a great ball striker for a long time. Like he's much more consistent than, uh, than Jordan Spieth is like, that would be the one that I'm, that I'm kind of clicking. And if, and if Spieth goes out and wins it and I get burned, like, okay, you got me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, I feel like Lowry is way more consistent than Spieth. I feel like his range of outcomes is way tighter. Yeah. Would you rather bet on the style of player of Shane Lowry where you kind of know what you're going to get or embrace the volatility? Because I go back and forth where sometimes I'm like, play against the volatility guys when it comes down to matchups and just bet them to win. Um, but I could be talked into either strategy i guess i should so say this is this is like a really good example of i would rather bet spieth to win and i would rather bet lowry in a matchup right? agreed because i'm, if, I'm with you there if yeah. lowry finishes t7 most of the time like that like speed's gonna be like win second 19th 20th 13th win, like, you know what i mean it's just gonna be all right. over the place so i think i think um being aware of how to deploy these guys probably makes the most sense Totally, totally with you on that one. I guess the more who's more up against Cam Young. That that's an interesting one too. I'm pretty high on Morikawa this week. My my betting card might be Morikawa Burns. Ooh. 
Yeah. I could get behind that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Burns will yeah. Burns will definitely make my card at like 20 to 1. Yeah, there's um, 20 to 1s available, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's wild stuff. Okay. I want to talk about uh actually there are some special bets that I have not given you a heads up about that I want to talk about. We'll do a little one and done conversation. It's not an official event for one and done, but we'll we'll talk about it and uh we'll see if we've got the props on the other side, but first we're going to hear a quick word about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, The Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. A couple things before we jump into this. Uh, I've been drafting for season long, Andy. I've completed one. I've got another one that's in like the 12th round. It is the most fun I've had in a long time. I got to admit. I'm so excited. Like I said, there will be a ton of content for me in the next month about drafting and strategy and my big board and stuff like that. Has anything surprised you in the few drafts that you've done? Yes. Like, is somebody have like everything has crazy, crazy <laughs> higher ADP than you, you would have expected? So I think the 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 big picture here, especially doing it right now, is that there is no consensus. And we're doing it on fan tracks, which is fine, right? Like I've been very clear yeah. it is not the best platform, but like yeah. it's gonna get the job done. And their rankings are horrible, right? It's just it's basically just ranking on total points scored in the fall swing or whatever, right? So like Rory McElroy like doesn't even show up on this list. So the rankings aren't good. And it's creating a, a situation where AD, like ADPs are all over the place, right? I watched um, I watched Sahith go in the second round, and I watched him go in like the eighth round. And like, it's just, I don't even know if there's like one guy in particular, but everyone is all over the place. And then I texted you, oh, me, you, and Steve were texting about this. I think the biggest dilemma is where do you draft the live players? Because that's yeah. because it's like, okay, you're basically saying, I am getting this guy for four events, yeah. right? But after a certain point, it's like, would you rather have Doug Gim's entire season or Cam Smith at the four majors? So funny you say that. Uh, so I've been working on my big board, my my top 96. Um, I have Cam Smith at 74th. And I will tell you, I got him in the last round of the last draft I finished. Wow. Okay. So what did you, just round. out of curiosity, what did you have DJ? Uh, a little bit lower than that. So I have DJ at 81. The only, and the, I only have three live guys. DJ, uh, Cam Smith, DJ, Joaquin Neiman are the only three live guys that showed up on my, on my big board. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I haven't finished mine yet, but I, I think I, as at the moment, I have him a little bit lower than 74th, but yeah, that's interesting. You may be able to, like, I, it seems like from what you're saying, you may be able to wait on those guys. I think it's worth taking a chance on like three or four guys on the live roster, right? Like Cam yeah. Smith, DJ, um, I guess Brooks, 
maybe Bryson. But like Bryson. Yeah. But like no one's like, I'm not drafting answer. I, I just like, I, like, I don't, I don't think the value of answer getting four major championships. I don't even know if he's in all of them, but like, so the only live guys I would draft would be DJ and cam and yeah. maybe Brooks and Bryson. And they're going to clog up a roster spot for at least four months until you can use them the first time. And when we get to August, now I guess there is a scenario, like what is the, what is the percentage that like, um, in a, a compromise happens. Like what if they boot, if Greg Norman is out of a job tomorrow <laughs> and the PGA tour comes to like, is there a chance that you get eight starts from these guys? I don't see it. Neither I think there's I. too many lawsuits <laughs> flying around right now. I agree. You know, everybody is tight. Ty- Did you see tiger this morning was calling yeah. for Norman's job too. It's like yeah. I, this to me f- does not seem like it's solvable in the next year. Things could change down the road. Um, I, I do see the qualified players being able to play though Me too. with the majors. I, I don't think any of, I don't think the RNA or the masters is going to ban a player that's already qualified. No, they will. They won't take a stance. They just won't do anything. And they'll say, if you're qualified, great. And we'll let the OWGR figure the rest. And if you're out, sorry. And that'll be it. Um, here are a couple of, I saw these on DraftKings this morning. They have the to win a major odds. They have to win a major, top 10 in all four majors, top five in all four majors. So Rory McIlroy to win a major championship in 2023, two to one. Hasn't done it. That's short. That's too short. Zalatoris at four to one. Uh, I think the one that I guess is, I mean, these are all probably pretty crappy bets, but Finau at eight to one. Yeah. Is that interesting? I could be, t- if I'm betting something like this, it needs to be like closer to eight to one or 10 to one. Um, I, I just like, what, like, what is chef or like four to one, something like that. And half. Yeah. That's too, that's, that's too short. Um, Xander, do we get Xander at six or seven? Xander was six. God, that's still even a little bit short. I think you're right. I think if I'm making a bet, it would be Finau. I agree with you on that one. Xander to finish inside the top 10 at all four, 40 to one. See, that is more intriguing to me because he is literally over like a 23 start sample size, finished in the top 10 and basically 50% of the majors yeah, that he's I played. I might at. like that one. Yeah that, yeah, that feels a little, yeah. That that's certainly up my alley. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we do not have the props out yet. Uh, but the tea times are out. So I imagine this is going to happen at any moment. So go and use the code Rick, go to prize picks, use the code Rick. There's a link in description, get signed up. They're doing a ton of soccer stuff. There's obviously a ton of football and basketball and everything else that's going on. And I imagine the golf stuff will be up on the website here shortly. Now, Andy, this is not, uh, it's not part of the run and done. Okay. So the Mm -hmm. official, this is not an official, um, selection that we need to make but i think some people might be in pools or leagues that they have to make it and it's a million bucks up top it's pretty top heavy it's only three and a half million dollars and it's a lot of really good players so it's kind of an awkward like what do you do strategy wise when it's going to be easier to win but there's a lot of good guys here it's only a million bucks but you only have to beat 19 to get there like what's the strategy well it's confusing to me why this is on the schedule in some leagues, because I don't even think the players get the money. Doesn't, does, doesn't the money go to the tiger woods foundation? I could be no, wrong they, on that. They, they get the, money. They, they get the money. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that, that direct deposit comes in on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, in that case, let's say you are part of a league that's playing this week. Yeah. I'm still not burning a top guy. I think the riskiest I would go is Burns. And even that, like, you could play Fleetwood here, I guess. That's like a, a guy, a guy with that type of upside that you're not killing yourself over burning. Um, That's the one. Yeah. I think Fleetwood's a good pick. The F- Fleetwood is the one. So it, we didn't do it this week, but for golf digest, we usually drop the one and done in. We just did like best bets this week. We didn't do the full slate. Fleetwood is the guy that I had written up uh, in preparation. He's been, he's been hot. He's like one of the hottest players in the last 12 rounds. He's got a decent record here. The last time he played it, I think it was third, like four years ago. And you are not worried about using him anywhere. Shane Lowry kind of is another one that I would not. Yeah super care about using right now okay i'm probably a little higher than shane on you like i could see shane i think he's gonna win another major maybe not this year but at some point um let me ask you this question this is a good way to look at it like do you see an event this season where tommy will be lower than 25 to one he does play some weird events sometimes play honda well, doesn't the Honda not exist anymore? I think this is going to be the last year. Okay. I think it, I think it will not exist after the, or at least it'll have a different sponsor. Um, um, yeah, you're right. The ones that came to mind that Tommy has been playing were Honda and Colonial that maybe you see somewhere yeah. close to 25. Because you're going to get, you're going to get the influx of all the big boys playing the same events more frequently. Colonial right. will still get the Texas guys like Spieth will still go. Uh, yeah. Scotty will still go if, and, and Honda has been, I, I don't know what it, but it's just, the last couple of years. It has had like the worst spot. on Worst the fields. Yeah. And, and just like, no, it's just, I think there's a chance if Tommy continues to show a little, you know, some great play, he gets to a really crappy Honda field and he's like 12 to one. Yep. You're right. Because another course that he's just thinking off the top of my head of the courses, he's been good at, Heritage is going to have an awesome field yeah, this year. It's going to be stacked. Maybe Valspar comes in weak. Um, Tommy's actually been okay at the Valspar. But yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I think the Honda is... And, and honestly, I think the answer to the question should be if there's maybe one event on the schedule where you can see him being below the current number that you're getting him, then he's a play. You don't have many options. Right. Um Two weeks ago, we made picks for the RSM Classic. Do you remember how that went? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, you picked Davis Riley. Sick. I picked Brian Harmon. What, does he finish T2 or something like that? Yeah, 612000 bucks for Brian Harmon. Davis Riley got 21000 So that moves our totals. Oh, 1.1 million for me, 200,000 for you. I enjoy this victory lap because there was not a single point last year where I led the one and done. So through seven events, I'm going to have to take these laps here. Yeah. I'm putting myself in a hole here pretty early. Do you want to do this event or do you think we hold off until the new year? Like if, if we do this event, does that open us up for like the, the PNC and the, I'm game with either i'm game with skipping well, all of them or doing all of them just for fun purposes um 
I mean, this one, I mean, this gets OWGR points. <laughs> like we should it probably does. do this one. <laughs> it does. I'm playing from behind though. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's in my best interest to get some more opportunities. Like yeah. you're playing with a comfy lead and I'm giving you the option. We can pack it up until no, January. No, let's, let's go. I'll take, I'll take Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. Um, screw it. I'll take Sam Burns. There we go. That that's I mean I think those are the plays, I think those yeah. are the plays, yeah that makes sense. He's definitely he's definitely going to be like five to one at the Valspar, but we've already done the Sanderson Farms, and you know maybe he's ten to one at Colonial, but it's not like he's going to be under twenty at any of the majors, right? Like I have all my guys intact for the majors. The guys I've used this year: Taylor Pendrith, Russell Henley. Uh, right before he won, by the way, I got a miscut out of him. Mm -hmm. Aaron Wise on his one bad week, mm -hmm. Mito Pereira, Shane Lowry, Davis Riley, Sam Burns. So, yeah, you you know, I feel used... like I got the, the guns in the holster. <laughs> and you've used Aaron Wise twice, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> I used him at the Myco, but still. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, all right. Tommy Fleetwood and Sam Burns for the Hero World Challenge. Anything else before we get out of here, Andy? No, not. Or let me ask you one question. Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised at kind of the interest in social media traction that the course preview got. So it seems like some people are invested. Do you think it would be most worthwhile mm -hmm. to our subscribers to write about DFS, mm -hmm. write about, write, dive deeper into betting or do a more generalized fantasy golf article like the one I've been working on earlier? It's a good question. Well, yeah. I, guess the, I guess the good thing is that general fantasy article can that, that anytime play, plays well, yeah. plays well next Monday, right? Plays well yeah. on Monday, right? Because yeah. it's QBE and we're not going to, you know, not going to do it. So I think, and especially with some weather opportunity, I mean, you st you're still getting so many big names. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's business as usual, right? Or just whatever. Yeah, that Wednesday article, whatever you can people get. I mean, it's obviously it. not going to be as in-depth, but yeah, I, I think people are interested. And you think DraftKings more so than betting? I just don't know if there's a lot of bet. Like, are there a ton of betting options? Um, no, there's not. I mean, I, what I would do is I would do it the same way that I do the DraftKings article, where I would go through pretty much every tier yeah. And say, you know, yeah. my pack and maybe a couple options. I'll do DraftKings. Yeah. I'll do DraftKings. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it basically in a 20 man field, it's just complete game theory. Right. But that presents some opportunities, certainly. I love that. I love that. All right. Uh, Andy is available on Twitter at ADP Black Sports. Producer Mina does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for the Hero World Challenge. Good luck. <laughs>